Mystery Minnesota is an original fiction podcast from Adventures in Creativity Productions. Call it an anthology of strange stories, mysteries of a punishing land, and the people that call it home. And these stories impacted one man's life in a way he never anticipated. Believe them or don't. But remember, these stories are told in order, so make sure and start at the beginning. Don't worry, we'll be here whenever you catch up. Welcome to Mystery Minnesota. To really know where you're headed, sometimes you need to look back. As we know, history has a way of repeating itself, and even when it's not repeating, it often holds knowledge that proves to be the key to everything in front of you. Sometimes, that key is the most vital piece of information you could ever imagine. Other times, it feels... Uh, somewhat disconnected. But in order to understand the wild ride Ben's story is about to take us on, we need to take a look at what information he found in his search for more about old Zeke. You see, in the end, that history could prove immensely valuable or incredibly useless, but it's valuable knowledge nonetheless. Hundreds of years ago, the mothers and fathers of Italy worried greatly about their children and loved ones having a misstep in a swamp or marshland. A swamp is an easy place to get turned around, especially as a kid. But getting lost, that was just part of the problem. Those low-lying swamplands are full of dangerous pitfalls just waiting to swallow up a young kid that is frantically searching for a way back home and out of that scary, dark swamp. Bogs that can open up and swallow a man whole. Hidden sinkholes that like to wait for a rushed foot before latching on and holding tight, leaving you with broken legs or twisted ankles. And then, of course, there are the animals. Wolves, bears, and who knows what else could be lurking for easy prey. Naturally, you might just freeze to death or starve if you happen to get caught in the swamp at nightfall, depending on the time of season. Yeah, that, that danger was real. So parents did what parents do, tried to protect their kids. In the end, they created a legend. A legend that some swear is real to this day, and others laugh off as just a silly fairy tale meant to keep kids scared of that swamp. You know, I guess they would say better scared as hell than lost, starved, or drowned, and thus, the legend of the Borda was born. Borda was something of a witch-like creature, blindfolded and filled with hate. It roams the darkest nights and heaviest fog, hunting its victims. Should Borda find you, that dark night or heavy fog would be the last thing you ever enjoyed. 
Not that anyone enjoys foggy, cold, damp, wet nights, but you get my point. You see, Borda has just a single purpose, hunt and kill all it comes across. A pretty grim fate awaits any who chance to cross paths with this terrible being, and while it isn't actually known if anyone will find your body or how Borda kills you, it's enough to know it happens, I suppose. As one researcher said, It's the personification of fear invoked by adults to scare children and keep them away from such potentially dangerous places. Sounds quite a bit like old Zeke, huh? But the question remains, how would Borda, with this witch-like creature, this demonic, fog-roaming, dark night-cruising personality from Italian folklore, how would Borda find itself in one northern Minnesota family's world? A tale of warning passed to children generations after it appeared in Italy, or worse, a terrible creature haunting the dark nights and fog of the Iron Range forest that somehow, what, became a U.S. citizen instead of staying put in its homeland? Could be the story carried over with immigrants many years back, or it could be Borda saw a land of even deeper forests and more plentiful prey. As far as Ben could recall, the story of old Zeke had been passed down since his great-grandfather arrived and settled that patch of land up there in northern Minnesota. Those times, there were no cars, no electricity, no big cities in this area. Not that there's any big cities now, but many of the folks that worked there and lived there had to struggle to carve out a life in this harsh land, and they didn't come from here. As such, they had yet to discover the dangers of the woods in the Northlands and really learn and understand the ways of this punishing land. At least within his family, there were no records, no stories, of any people actually being taken by old Zeke. Though it seems there was some question of maybe the occasional farm animal at times simply vanishing on some mysteriously foggy nights, but one thing was sure. Whatever old Zeke was, if old Zeke was real, no one had ever been able to describe him in detail. To have an encounter with Zeke in the fog, well, that was something no one had ever been through, at least in Ben's family that anyone was aware of. And that is what made Ben keep searching the past, because he wasn't quite sure the legend of Borda from Italy was the same as old Zeke. Especially because the warnings of old Zeke seemed tied strictly to those heavy fog evenings when it would swirl and blanket the land. Nighttime, well, that was the territory of plenty of other horrifying things, from wolves and big cats to more, well, unnatural things. But again, that's a story for another time. As early summer slowly drifted on, Ben thought often of old Zeke, of Borda, and wondered what might actually be the truth. And while he longed to find his answers in a book or on a website, he knew deep down there was really only one way to find out. Go back in and face the fear in the late summer fog. But until then, he kept searching. He didn't search quite as much as he stalled, seeking a way of self-preservation and salvation from the horror that waited with old Zeke. He'd seen the swirling fog, 
felt the presence of something near him all those years ago. Maybe it was just his dad out in the fog coming to get him, but maybe it was something else and he didn't much enjoy the thought of feeling it again. There are two sides to every story, as I'm sure you know, and as such, you'll remember how we started this tale. Up until now, we've only explored Ben's side of this tale, this story, and I'm sure his parents have another version to tell, and well, since Ben was busy researching his fog monsters online, my curiosity got the best of me. Guess I'm just a sucker for a good mystery, even if I can't seem to solve them once I'm sucked in. See, it was around this time my brother told me about a co-worker of his that had all sorts of, well, as my brother puts it, all sorts of wild, harebrained stories like the ones I'm obsessed with. And how this co-worker just got stuck up on the mental floor and locked down at the local hospital for fear he was a danger to himself. My brother, well, he's always got my back, but as brothers will, He'll never miss an opportunity to tease me for chasing these tales and searching for Mystery Minnesota. I know he doesn't mean anything by it, but God, even so, I, I, I just need to know. That note all those years ago sent me down this path, and I had to keep looking. It just kept pulling. My curiosity burned deep in my belly, the need for answers burning hot in my mind at all times, and my brother, well... Anyway, one July afternoon, I decided I needed to find out if there was more to this story, Ben's story. This mystery that, uh, you know, Ben had sucked me into. So I picked up the phone and made the call. Pulling off the highway and onto the long dirt driveway, Late afternoon sun casting its angry glare through the dust kicked up from my car. I saw Ben's mom, we'll just call her mom from here on out, hanging another load of laundry out on the line. Slowing and stopping short of the house just to, you know, help avoid kicking up a dust storm on those freshly washed clothes, I grabbed my bag and headed up to meet the parents. As I thought about Ben's story, I realized I needed to see what his parents could tell me about old Zeke and about that night, little Ben found himself pushing his limits in the fog. So the next day, I found myself sitting there in the backyard at the farm where Ben's parents still lived. I wish I could tell you they gave me some deep insight, unlocked some great mystery about the events that night, but, well... You see, Ben's mom, she remembered that night pretty well. Seems it put a good fear in her as she couldn't find her little boy and the fog rolled in. It wasn't so much the concern over old Zeke or the silly legends around that. No, she was worried because the fog was thick and the night was coming quickly, which made it prime time to get turned around and lost. She told me she remembers yelling for him to get inside, and as he didn't respond, she remembered feeling anxious. Just that, that feeling like something wasn't right. 
The family dog must have felt her tension as well because she said it went from a playful barking to a more aggressive growling bark as the fog encroached, almost like it was warning of something there. Now Ben's dad, on the other hand, he was a hard type. Not one to show emotion or feel very sentimental, he, he loved his family, took care of them to the best of his ability, but did his best to make sure they were strong and independent. He was a classic Iron Ranger, put on a hard exterior shell, but he watched and understood and cared deeply about his family. So when Ben wasn't answering, he already knew what the boy had in mind and knew right where he'd be. He knew his son, but of course because he wanted his kids to grow to be strong and capable of taking care of their own business, he didn't go get him right away. Besides, he had to get the chores done before nightfall. The boy would find his way. But with mom's anxiety rising and the dog feeding off of it, he figured he better go grab Ben before anyone got more worked up than they already had. He sat back as we spoke, eyes kind of staring far off like he was back there in that moment, his voice tinted with what could only be called a relieved shame as he told me his side of the story. I asked him if he'd mind if I just recorded this and he said that was no problem at all, so I'm going to let him tell you his part of this story. When I went out into that fog, it was thick thicker than I had realized. Deep down, I worried I had made a mistake. Old Zeke, yeah, I grew up with the same stories. Can't say I ever really believed in them, though. But as I made my way to the trees where I knew I'd find Ben, that fog became confusing. Now, I know this land better than I know my own hands. I've walked this property in the blackest of nights. No lights, just the feel of the ground to tell me where I was. But that night, it all felt foreign. I suppose I was feeling a little guilty about the fact I had left Ben out there so long. Probably scaring him, and I know I was scaring his mom. I heard the muffled snap as the branch broke. I heard him fall and ran to reach him. Praying he was okay, fearing I hadn't made the biggest mistake of my life. But it was like I was fighting against something to reach him. Almost like the fog didn't want me to find him, but I found him. I grabbed him as he scampered back up the safety of the branches above. He, he was terrified. He screamed and kicked to get free, had a lot of spirit. I was pretty proud of my boy in that moment. Tried to talk to him to calm him down, but it was like he couldn't hear me. Wasn't until we got back to the house I saw how scared he was, but more than that, what crushed me was how defeated he looked. In my guilt, it threatened to drown me in that moment. As I listened to Ben's dad share his version of the story, I realized that the brush with old Zeke that night, even if old Zeke was just an old wives' tale, was a regret he still carried to this day. I didn't want to pick at an old wound, but I had to ask, what about old Zeke? Is he real? You think he was there that night? <laughs> old Zeke, 
You know, those old stories have been around my family for generations. No one has ever actually had anything happen to show the stories are real. I always believed they were just fun family stories, but that night the fog did feel different. <sighs> oh well, even so, I don't think old Zeke is real. At least not that anyone in this family has ever experienced. He's real in the sense that he lives on as a fear in the back of your mind and nothing else. But that fall, it was about 90 days after Ben's encounter with the fog, well, we saw some of the most punishing snowstorms this state has ever seen. You remember it, I'm sure, the great Halloween blizzard of 91. So maybe the old legends have some truth in them. And like that, he was done with the subject. Couldn't sit around visiting all day when there was still work to be done. Ben's mom, she was polite and thanked me for coming. I asked her if she could tell me what her husband meant about the snowstorm being tied to old Zeke. She really wasn't sure, but just said something about fog as an indicator of storms. She mentioned I might be able to find more in the old farmer's almanac. Her husband loved that book. But she didn't know anything more than that. Like I said at the beginning, I wish I could tell you they gave me some deep insight, unlock some great mystery about the events of that night, heck, even told me if they thought old Zeke was real definitively, yes or no. Ben's dad was close, he said it was basically just a fear that lives on in your mind, but now I just had more questions, and I'm sure Ben was burning with curiosity as well. But one thing is for sure, those blizzards in 91, they were the real deal. I remember them clearly. Real nasty affair and a lot of people suffered through them. Some less fortunate, well, they didn't come out of the other side of those nasty storms and ended up, the blizzard buried them. Mystery Minnesota is an Adventures in Creativity production written, produced, and performed by David Swiduck. You can find out more about the show and all of the others at AICpod.com. If you're enjoying what you hear, be sure to reach out to us on social media by following at AIC Stories on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or, of course, you can email us via the contact form on the site. If you want to support the show and help more people discover and uncover the mysteries we're exploring, you can leave us a review or, most importantly, share Mystery Minnesota with your friends. Look, no matter where you hang out, be it Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, or Instagram, word of mouth is still the best thing you can do to help support life here in Mystery Minnesota. So don't be shy. Let people know what's up. Of course, we'd love it if you checked out all of the other storytelling fun happening with Adventures in Creativity Productions as well. So while you're at AICpod.com, go ahead and explore all of the other content right there. You can get all of the great projects like Faded Words and Adventures in Creativity in one convenient place by subscribing to AIC Stories in the podcast app of your choice really is the best way to keep up with everything we have coming up for you on Adventures in Creativity Productions. 
But if you only want to follow the story of Mystery Minnesota, you can find us under Mystery Minnesota in your podcatcher or at anchor.fm slash mysteryminnesota. So get yourself all caught up and stick with us because there's more to the story here in Mystery Minnesota.